0: And I've just created a free guide to help you understand your unique human design blueprint. It's called the Human Design Advantage, and you can get your copy over at samanthariley.global.com forward slash advantage.
1: Even you have a great lead magnet. If you've been able to use any of those successfully with organic traffic or with your warm traffic or anything, you want to know that you have something that works before you run ads, because all the ads is doing is adding fuel to the fire. And there is a way that you can do ads to a funnel that does do well and it not do well because the ads weren't done right. But you need both in order to be successful. So first, you have to know, I have something that converts that people want. And once you have that, then you're ready to start considering Facebook ads or hiring someone.
0: Are you ready to make a bigger difference and scale up? This is the Influence by Design podcast. Welcome to today's episode of Influence by Design. I'm your host, Samantha Riley, and I'm very excited because today we're going to be talking about Facebook ads and all of the changes that have happened, how you can use ads to really grow and scale your business. So I've invited Adrian Richardson who is the owner of Powerplay Media. She's spent nine years and millions in ad spend. So she's done all of the experimenting for us so that we don't have to. Welcome to the show, Adrian. It's great to have you here. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really looking forward to having this conversation today. You've worked with some amazing people to help grow and scale their businesses. I saw that you've worked with all sorts of people that most of us would have heard like Selena Sue and a whole heap of other names that have completely blanked out from my mind. (laughs) (laughs) But why don't you share with us, how did you get into Facebook ads in the first place? Well, my degree
1: is in public relations and I was working in an advertising firm in Philadelphia and I got laid off when I started a family. And so I decided to start a parenting magazine. I was a new mom and I wanted to know more about being a mom. I started a print magazine, which I had for about four years, and then I sold it and took a couple of years off to homeschool my kids. And when I was getting to the itch to get back into business, I decided, well, I'm just going to start my own PR firm. I'm going to do what I know how to do And a couple months into that, I discovered this, you know, new to me tool back 10 years ago or so, Facebook ads. Mm -hmm. And I really just wanted to learn them for myself in the beginning to help use them to get myself more clients. And using my advertising marketing background together with this tool, I was getting amazing results. And so I went to my clients that I was doing PR for and I said, hey, do you think I could practice this on you? I won't charge you any money or anything. (laughs) And I was getting phenomenal results. So within a year of me opening my PR firm, I basically got rid of everything PR and said, all I'm going to do is focus on Facebook ads. And that's what I've been doing for about nine years.
0: I love that story so much. I love it so much. Let's dive in because I really want to cover a whole heap in this episode because there's a lot of people in my audience who maybe actually there's some differences Maybe they know they need to do Facebook ads, but they don't know where to start. Maybe they've tried Facebook ads and have just flushed a whole heap of money down the toilet. And then there's people that have maybe have taken on Facebook ad managers and have got exactly the same result because I've done that. I've hired, I've done it three times, different Facebook ad managers. And actually, as much as I really don't like doing Facebook ads myself, I actually get better results than most Facebook ad managers. I hear that. Oh, that I've worked with so far. <laughs> Obviously have not worked with you. <laughs> Where for, now there are three very different scenarios, but I guess they've all got the same sort of underlying problems. What can you talk to right at the beginning so that people can start to think about what they need to have in place to be able to start a really good Facebook campaign? Yeah.
1: Yeah. This is a story I hear a lot from people of, you know, hiring other people to help them or even trying themselves or whatever, not having success. And the most important thing that you have to have, whether you're going to do them yourself or you're going to hire someone to do them, is you have to already have a way to convert leads to buyers, right? Mm -hmm. Or at least convert clicks to leads. Because when people come to me and, you know, they're considering whether they're going to hire me, I ask them a lot of numbers about their funnels. And when, if they have a funnel right now already that doesn't convert the leads to buyers, I tell them, if you hire me, you're just going to go broke faster mm-hmm. because if you do not have a way to convert, then you could hire the best Facebook ad person in the world and it's not going to work. Right. And I'm not insinuating at all that that was your case with the people you've worked with. That's a totally different situation. Totally. But I'm saying before you get ready, right. Right. That you need to have that, whether it's I have a webinar that people I know will register for and buy, or I do a challenge or I have a low ticket offer, or even you have a great lead magnet. If you've been able to use any of those successfully with organic traffic or with your warm traffic or anything, you want to know that you have something that works before you run ads, because all the ads is doing is adding fuel to the fire, right? Mm -hmm. And there is a way that you can do ads to a funnel that does do well and it not do well because the ads weren't done right Mm -hmm. but you need both in order to be successful so first you have to know i have something that converts that people want and once you have that then you're ready to start considering facebook ads or
0: hiring someone so you talked about pdfs you talked about challenges webinars what are the best call to actions to run to and what would you steer clear of so it depends on what you're selling
1: and the price point. Mm-hmm. I find that if you're selling something that say $500 or more, you're going to probably need to do a webinar to sell that. There are exceptions to the rule. If you're just you know, selling to warm traffic or whatever, you might not need a webinar to do that. But the closer you get to that $1,000 point and higher, you need a webinar, especially for cold traffic. Mm-hmm. That webinar allows you to position yourself as an authority. It allows you to showcase you know, what you're doing. It helps you to overcome some of their objections. And it does the heavy lifting for you, right? And so if you have something that's that price range or higher, you're going to want to use a webinar. Now, the negative thing about a webinar in terms of ads is it's a very leaky funnel, right? A certain percentage of people click won't register and a certain percent of register won't show up and a certain won't you know show up and on and on and on. It's, it's a very leaky funnel. And so I recommend that people do live webinars first until they know they've got a webinar that converts really, really well. And then they can put it on evergreen because an evergreen webinar funnel is probably the most expensive leaky funnel you can do. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> and that's why I only recommend people use them for high ticket sales, right? Yep. Because you can afford to have a leaky funnel if you're selling something for high ticket.
0: Just before you go on, can I just like, I want to sort of make it really clear what you're talking about here, because this is something that I hear all the time. I just want to run my webinar once and then put it on Evergreen. Don't do it. You need to run it over and over because every time you do it, you will start to figure out, you know, what are those questions that people are asking? Because that means you haven't covered that content, you know, very well in your webinar. Make sure that you're at a point that you can convert people. So if you run your webinar and you have no conversions or one conversion, keep running it until that conversion number comes up. So I did want to touch on that really quickly.
1: Yeah, absolutely. That is a great point because like I said, if all Facebook ads are going to do is magnify what's already there. So if you did a webinar and it didn't convert super well, it's not going to magically converting well with Facebook ads. So you're right. You need to make sure. Mm -hmm. And the beautiful thing about the live webinar, like you said, you get to interact with your audience. They're going to ask questions. They're going to give you feedback and it will just help make the whole thing better. And you want it to be really good when you start running ads to it. Totally. Yeah. So
0: Awesome. Cool. So would you recommend in that conversation then, would you recommend taking people from a Facebook ad to some sort of free download that then on your end converts people to a webinar rather than running straight to a webinar from Facebook ads?
1: I am, I know a lot of people don't think the way that I do, but I am a believer that I like to go for what I want first. Mm -hmm. So I will go right for the webinar registration first. If that's what I want them to do, then I go for it. If they don't convert, then I will retarget them with say a PDF of some sort, maybe they don't like webinars or they, you know, they aren't available or whatever. So I'll retarget them with something that requires less commitment. Mm -hmm. A webinar is a commitment, right? It's like, yes, I'm going to give you my email address, but yes, I'm going to show up at a certain time. And so that's a bigger commitment. I'll retarget them with less of a commitment. The other thing that you can do is let's say that you have a lead magnet that you're running ads to year round just to grow your list. When you do have a live webinar coming up, I think that it's a great idea to, on the thank you page, just put your webinar information on there and invite them to the webinar, because then you might get a two for one, right? Mm -hmm, (laughs) mm -hmm. Where you got them signed up for both. And so it doesn't hurt to go for the lead magnet opt-in first and then the webinar. But you're now asking for two things in order to get the one thing you really want. So I do it the opposite. I go for what I want first. And then if I don't get that, I retarget them with the other one.
0: I love that. I've never heard anyone talk about it that way around before. It (laughs) makes so much sense. (laughs) So targeting, this is a huge topic on its own. I've noticed recently I went to run some ads and went, oh, like where did that, you know, whatever the targeting was that I was using, where did that go? It's disappeared. Yes. Have I lost my mind or has things changed in there?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man, I think we've all lost our minds a little bit, but (laughs) (laughs) what happened was Facebook got sued over privacy, right? Consumers were upset with how much Facebook knew about them, which we told them ourselves voluntarily, Mm -hmm. but we were upset. You know, consumers were upset. Us as business owners love that Facebook knows everything about everybody, but the consumers don't. So they were sued and they were forced to remove some targeting that violated privacy. And those were things like personal characteristics. There were things like religion, politics, health problems, relationship type stuff. So for anybody who has a business in one of those categories, which is like most people, (laughs) Mm -hmm. most coaches and consultants are in that space of health, wealth, relationship or somewhere along the way. And so Facebook had to remove those targeting options in order to stay compliant. And it did make it really challenging for people to find a way around that. So no, you're not losing your mind. Those thousands of options disappeared in February and March this year.
0: Mm. I know that you've got a cheat sheet that you use for audience targeting. Can you tell us a little bit more? Actually, I'd love to know more about targeting. Let's dive into this a little bit more because a lot of people – get really confused in what do I target? Why do I target? And also a lot of people don't realize the way that you can use multiple areas to target even more specifically. So I'd love you to dive deeper into that.
1: Yeah, I like to, my methodology is to target the person who has the problem. Mm -hmm. And what I mean by that is let's say that you are help people lose weight what the mistake that a lot of people will make is, and they'll say, well, you know, my people shop at Whole Foods or Lululemon or, you know, that kind of a thing. And so they're targeting a person, but not everybody who's at Whole Foods and Lululemon is actually trying to lose weight. Mm -hmm. And so what you want to do is you want to target the person who has the problem. And so for instance, things that have to do with weight loss, which a lot of them have gone away. There's still plenty of them around. You want to target those because then everybody who's following that interest or that person or that keyword is following it because they're interested in losing weight, right? Same with dating. You could target Mm -hmm. Cosmo magazine, right? And there's a lot of single women that read Cosmo magazine. But number one, they're not all single and they're not all looking for love. But if you target things like The Hinge, which is an app, a dating app, Mm -hmm. You don't just wake up one day and say, I think I'll follow the hinge today if you're married or not looking for love, right? Mm -hmm. So you always want to be thinking about targeting the person who has the problem because it will be easier for you to bring them into your funnel If they already have the problem and are looking for a solution. So when you're thinking about your targeting and what you're going to choose, you're not just thinking about your, the person like, oh, where do they shop? Where do they hang out? What TV shows do they watch? That's way too broad. You want to talk, think about where are they going already to solve this problem?
0: And I want to target those things. Mm. So targeting's obviously sort of the first thing that we need to think about. Then we've got the creative. So we've got, you know, let's start off with the, the copy. What can you share? Just, a, I mean, obviously we haven't got five days to go but through this in depth, but what are some little tips that you can give our listeners around what to make sure they focus on when they're writing the copy for their ad?
1: Well, where targeting falls short, is when you can't always target the person who is thinking about doing something. And that's where your copy comes in. I'll give you an example. Someone who's married, but thinking about getting a divorce, there's no targeting for that, right? someone who works a nine to five job, but's thinking about leaving and starting their own business, there's no targeting for that. Mm-hmm. So your copy becomes an extension of your targeting. And I really encourage you to think about it in that way. Most people don't, they think they're two separate things, but to me, your copy is part of your targeting because there's only so much you can do in choosing to who to tell Facebook to show your ad to, but there are people within those groups that, like I said, have the specific problem, right? And sometimes, depending on who your audience is and the targeting that's available, it's hard to choose to target the person who has the problem. So now your copy becomes the part of the ad that does the job of that. And so in your copy, it's really, really important for it to be very clear who you're talking to. Mm -hmm. And that doesn't mean that you're going to say at the the top of your ad, like attention moms who are trying to lose weight, right? Like that's not what I mean by that. But you're going to work it in there into your copy where you're mentioning that audience, you're describing kind of, what a day in their life is like when they have the problem that you solve. And so there's a a very simple formula that a lot of copywriters use that's called the PAS, Problem, Agitate, Solve, Mm -hmm. where you kind of talk about the problem in the beginning, right? You're describing it. You go into the agitation where you, you start to go into greater detail of describing what it's like to live with this problem. And then you move to the solution. And so that's a great strategy to use in copywriting in general. It works really well with ads. And because of the targeting changes that have happened, I think that it's even more important for your copy to be as specific as possible on who it's for, because that copy a lot of times now for people who've had all their targeting taken away is actually your targeting. Mm. So it's very important for copy to be specific, to be well thought out. I think a lot of people just kind of throw some stuff up there and like, "Eh, I'll see what happens. They really need to think through their copy and make sure that they're taking that reader kind of on a journey of really quickly in the beginning. They need to know this is for me, right? It's who it's for, what the problem is. They need to know that within the first two sentences Mm. and then move them along through the agitation and moving to solution.
0: Mm. So when that's right at the very, very top, you're trying to get the right person to stop the scroll. And I'm assuming also that that is what's going to help to build the audience. So Facebook kind of knows and starts to follow, ah, these people are clicking on the ad. So it helps you to be able to, I guess, target more of those people.
1: Yeah. So the way that the algorithm works is let's say that you put, you know, 20 different targeting things in there. I would recommend you you aim for an audience size of one to four million per ad set. Facebook is liking bigger ad sets now than before. You'll see a lot of times Facebook will even try to get you to condense some of your ad sets because it wants bigger audiences because of the changes that have been made. So you're gonna go in there and you're gonna let's say you put an audience in there of two million people. Well, Facebook can't serve your ad to all two million of those people at once. Facebook is an auction. And how many people your ad gets served to is based on your budget, based on the cost that day, you know, like any other auction, whoever's the highest bidder. But what Facebook is going to do is they're going to start pushing your ad out to a few of those targeting options that you chose. And the algorithm is paying attention to which of those people are clicking which of those people are signing up and where they're coming from. And as the ad runs longer, the algorithm will get smarter and it'll start pushing your ad out more and more and more to those audiences that are getting the best response. Mm. And so it is the specificity of your copy, the specificity of your targeting is as important as you specific as you can possibly get it. Because that the more, the better information you can give the algorithm, the better job it will do for you in bringing you the people that you're looking for.
0: Mm. So what about the image or the video, which is better and why?
1: Well, you would think that video is better because everybody's pushing video right now. Instagram is pushing video right now. You know, you've got TikTok that's on fire right now. And so video feels like it is the place to be. And what most people don't know is that the average person on Facebook watches a video for three seconds or less. (sighs) Out of every single video that's on Facebook, the average watch time is three seconds. Wow. Yeah. (laughs) So when you're doing a video ad, there are people out there who will say, oh, you should do a video ad. It's cheaper. And I'm going to tell you, it is cheaper for the impression. It's cheaper for reach because Facebook is favoring video right now. And so if you use a video ad, they're giving you more reach for less money. However, that's a vanity metric that we don't care about. What we care about is how many people are clicking and how many people are signing up and what does that cost me? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And video ads are great for engagement and authority building, but I would say about eight times out of 10, a static image ad will produce lower cost per conversion than a video ad. And what I mean by conversion is a webinar signup, a lead magnet opt-in, a challenge signup, a purchase of a low ticket digital course. A static image ad eight times out of 10 will work better because what happens is your people tend, when they do video ads, they tend to lean on what they say in the video to do the heavy lifting of converting people. And they go kind of lax on the ad copy because they're like, well, it's a video ad. They're just going to watch the video. Uh But they're not watching your video. They're watching three seconds of it. And so now your copy that you put with that video that was kind of like maybe a couple sentences long wasn't very good, it doesn't work well. And so if you're going to test a video, and I always test, right? I'm not that person that's like, never, ever do that. That never works. You want to test it. But if you're going to do a video ad, absolutely, it has to have captions on it or don't even bother doing a video because 93% of people on Facebook watch videos in silent mode. Yeah. So if there's no captions, don't bother with a video. You want to make sure that the ad copy you put with the video could carry that whole ad all by itself, even if they didn't watch the video because they're not watching the video. Mm -hmm. but the benefit to it of why it's worth testing is if you can get your reach and impressions cheap enough that even if fewer people are clicking and signing up, it might still produce a lower cost per conversion, but you won't know until you test both of them. So Mm. video, great if you want to build authority, connect with your audience, relationship marketing, all of those things. But if you're going for a conversion, you want people to pull out their credit card or you want them to sign up for something, static image ads almost always beat video ads.
0: Wow. Heard it here. Heard it here. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. <Bye. All> right. <laughs> it's very easy to get caught down the. Oh, I heard. And this person said, but at the end of the day, every single person is different. Every single audience like, you know, we could have two people that are doing the same thing and we're still going to be a little bit different in the way that we attract our clients. So it is really important to test and measure because without the data, we don't, you know, we don't know what to, you know, amplify, what to turn the tap up on, what to say, you know, this doesn't work.
1: The data is really important. I think a lot of people are intimidated by data and numbers and so they don't really track it. But in my opinion, data empowers us. It tells us a story. It's not my opinion or your opinion or my gut feeling or your gut feeling or anything. It's just the truth. And it tells us exactly what's happening. And then it, it, it allows you to know what you need to fix, what you need to do better at, what you need to keep. And so data is really important to, to track on your ads. On that, what is the data that you track? So I'm always tracking. I rarely track reach or impressions, frequency, any of those. Those are vanity numbers that don't mean anything to me. I'm tracking what the cost per click is, the click-through rate. The click-through rate is important because Facebook actually uses that information to decide whether your ad is good or not. And if it's not, they're going to penalize you and charge you more per click. And if it's great, they're going to reward you and charge you less per click. So that click-through rate is really important. I'm tracking how many people clicked, how many of them signed up, what was that conversion rate, because there's certain numbers that I know are good KPIs that I'm reaching for. And then what does it cost me to get that conversion? Those are the most important numbers. You know, for other funnels, there might be a couple other things, but no matter what kind of thing I'm running ads to, I'm always looking at cost per click, click through rate, the number of link clicks, the conversion rate and cost per conversion. I don't even look at the others.
0: How long do you leave an ad before you start to look at those numbers? Because I know that there, I've seen people, you know, in the first 24 hours get a little bit like, oh, it's not working or my cost per lead is really expensive. Maybe in the first few, you know, maybe the first 24, 48 hours, what is that perfect time to sort of walk away and just let us it do its thing before you start <laughs> to track the numbers?
1: Yeah, there is a time probably about four or five years ago, I specifically remember somebody on Facebook saying, if it's not hitting a great number within 24 hours, shut it off, right? And I remember hearing that person and I was like, wow, oh, that's such bad advice. Because like I said, the algorithm has to go find people, right? And it needs information. And then once it gets information, it goes and finds more people. And it's this cycle. And about, a, I don't know, maybe two, three years ago-ish, Facebook rolled out what's called the learning phase, right? And it's become even more important within the last 18 months or so. They've put even more emphasis on it. The learning phase is seven days long. So that's Facebook telling you, I need seven days to learn what you want and for our algorithm to get smarter. And so if you are not willing to run those ads for seven days, you're not going to give them the best chance for Facebook to learn and get out of the learning phase and be able to optimize. So the first 24 hours I'm going to tell you right now are going to be ugly. Like ugly, high cost per click, Mm -hmm. high cost per registration. I got some ads running right now. Day one, it was like $66 for an opt-in. Oh, wow. (laughs) (laughs) But I know that by the end of 24 hours, it'll be half that. By the end of 48 hours, it'll be half that. By the end of 72 hours, it'll get down. And then I'll start to see things level out. But it can be really, really scary in those first 72 hours-ish till they settle down. Mm -hmm. So if you are not someone who has enough self-control to say, it's okay, it's going to get better, don't even look at it for 72 hours. Like, yep, just leave it alone. But in order for it to learn, it's got to get through the learning phase. That's seven days. You got to spend enough money to get enough volume through it to even create some conversion. So there's a lot of things that have to happen in order to optimize. And if you cannot keep yourself from the more you tinker with things and mess with things, it's starting the learning phase over every single time. Mm. So you got to set it and then you got to chill and you got to wait and let Facebook do its thing. And it can be hard, but I'm telling you, it'll start to get better after about 72 hours.
0: Mm. I really did want to to talk about that. And you've actually made me feel better because there was one Just recently where on the first day, it was $17 a click and I kind of like, oh, but that's a (laughs) lot better than 66 (laughs) Yeah,
1: yeah. It's amazing what happens every time it hits like another 24 hours. I just, I mean, I will see things drop by over 50%. That didn't used to be the case. Back when that person was giving that kind of advice, I still didn't just wait 24 hours. But definitely you saw a result much quicker. Mm -hmm. Now, especially because of the iOS changes that Apple forced, the tracking can be delayed for up to 72 hours. So that's another reason why you need to give it time because Facebook's not even getting the information. It's being delayed to them. So you really have to be patient and I know that's hard, but you
0: got to do it. Absolutely. Let's talk about ad spend Is it possible to get, you know, we've just talked about some big numbers that can happen in those first few days. Mm -hmm. Is it possible to start off a new campaign with, you know, $5 a day, $20 a day? What's that number? Because also, and I don't know how true this is or if it's still true, that you can only sort of ramp up your ad spend once something starts to work by a certain amount without sort of being penalized. So I'd love to know your take on this.
1: Yeah. Well, the thing is, is that Facebook ads have gotten more expensive. You, it is an auction, so you're competing. So the more you're willing to spend, the more reach you're going to get, but it depends on what you're running ads to. If you're running ads to get people to join your Facebook group, spending five or $10 a day will probably get you a couple people to join your group per day, right? Mm -hmm. Probably will get you maybe two to three people ish to join your group each day. Maybe more. It just depends on the, the audience. If you are trying to get like webinar signups or challenge signups or a lead magnet, you really need to start more at a minimum of like $20 to $25 a day. That will at least start to give you enough momentum that you can see how things are converting and what it's going to take. Because the learning phase, you have to get 50 conversions in seven days. So that's basically about seven to eight conversions a day. If you're spending $5 to try to get opt-ins, you're not gonna get seven opt-ins a day for $5. And so if you're going for conversions, I really would recommend you start at like 20 to 25 a day. If you are running traffic campaigns where you're trying to get someone in a Facebook group or you just want them to watch one of your videos, then you could do like five or $10 a day, but it's not gonna make you very competitive in the newsfeed in it. So it will get be hard to get, very much from it. Mm. I believe in spending more money in a shorter period of time rather than dragging it out. So if somebody comes to me and says, Adrian, I have, you know, a hundred bucks to spend, what would you do? I would probably spend that hundred bucks in five days instead of spreading it out over like two weeks. Right. Mm-hmm. Cause the more money you spend per day, the more volume that's going to give you. And so I'd rather you ran ads for two weeks and then turned them off then to have them running for 30 days at a tiny little amount that you just get
0: itty bitty bitty each day. Mm. And do you recommend if you're doing something like that, where you're only starting off at $20 a month, running specifically to Facebook or Facebook and Instagram, what would you, you know, in regard to that sort of targeting, how would you run that?
1: So Instagram is more expensive than Facebook is. Mm -hmm. And I have so many people, I can't even tell you how many clients I've had when I do their launches that they're like, well, my audience is on Instagram. So I don't really want you to run Facebook ads. And I'm like, well, let me just test it. And the thing is, is people, your audience might be on Instagram, but a lot of them are also on Facebook. Mm -hmm. And again, probably... Nine and a half times out of ten, the Facebook ads always convert better than Instagram, even if your people, quote unquote, are on Instagram. Because Instagram, the behavior is very different over there than it is on Facebook. Mm-hmm. People, they don't go on there to spend as much time interacting and clicking and converting and this and that. They're really going there more for just kind of like some distraction, be entertained. And so the behavior is so different on Instagram that the conversions are often more expensive. So I tell people not to expand their ads to Instagram until they have an audience, ad copy, images, funnel dialed in that's converting well on Facebook, and then take it over there to Instagram to see how it does there because it is much more expensive and it doesn't convert the
0: same way. Wow. Wow. Before we started recording, you were talking about something that I'd never really thought about before and that is running ads more regularly. So a lot of us run ads just coming into launches if we've got a specific, you know, something that we're doing. And you're talking about running different types of ads at different times of the year. Can you please explain a little bit more about this?
1: Yeah. A lot of people, they know they're going to do a launch, right? And so they're like, okay, I'm going to put aside this much money. I'm going to put it into ads and then I'm going to make this much money. And so it's this very transactional, immediate return on their ad spend. And then once the launch is over, they turn the ads off. I actually recommend to all of my clients that they run ads year round. Okay. And the reason for that is there's several reasons. One of them is visibility. Mm -hmm. If you don't stay visible, people will forget that you exist. And if your competitor is running ads and staying visible, guess what? When they go to solve a the problem, they're like, oh, so-and-so, I saw their ad the other day, I'll contact them. So visibility is really important in between your launches because you don't want people to forget about you. The other reason is that you should always be growing your email list. It's an asset that you own, no matter what rules Facebook changes, no matter what targeting they take away, no matter what happens, Google is gonna be taking the pixel away for Androids next year. And so, this is not going to get better. This is going to continue to evolve. And you should be growing your list year round. So, when that launch happens, Mm. you have been growing your list all year. You've got a huge warm audience. It's very cheap to run ads to your warm audiences. Even, let's say, if you do Facebook Lives or you do Reels or you do any of those things, you can run video view ads to that to get more people to watch those videos. It's super cheap, super cheap. Like, because again, Facebook's favoring video, right? And Facebook will remember every person who watched your video for a year
0: Mm.
1: because it has nothing to do with a pixel. It happens on the platform and then you can retarget those people when you have your launch, right? Mm -hmm. So staying visible year round, growing your list year round using those videos. I like to create videos that address all different objections that people would have later down the road when they might buy from me. And so all year long, I'm staying in front of them and I'm talking about problems and I'm overcoming objections so that when that launch happens, People are ready and primed to buy, and I've already addressed all their objections. And so it's very cheap to run ads all year for a lead magnet, run ads all year for video views, and it's just gonna make your launches work even better. And it'll also even help your organic marketing when you have ads running, and it helps your email marketing because, again, they see your ad and they're like, oh, I saw her email in my inbox. I gotta go check that out. And so we have found with our clients that when ads aren't running, their emails actually don't perform as well as they do when we have ads running.
0: Oh, interesting. Yeah. That is interesting. Now, Adrian, you have just added so much. You've just added so much value today. I know that you've got an ad coming up. I'd really love you to talk about what this is and the kind of people that this would be beneficial for, you know, why they would consider signing up for this.
1: Yeah. So we have an event coming up. It's our second annual ad camp. It's an online event where each day I tackle a different part of the ad. So we start with the data and I teach you exactly how to read your data. So you know what you need to fix or what you need to change. I help you pick images. I help you choose your targeting. I help you write your copy. I even show you how to set up the campaign. So literally each day we're taking a very important piece of the ads. And so each day we cover something different. And this is great for people who, if you've ever even set up one ad, this is going to be hugely beneficial for you. If you want to set up ads, this is going to give you the information that you need to know to start off the right way. And this is for people who are coaches, consultants, course creators, authors, speakers, anything like that. If you do any kind of online marketing or have an online program or anything but Ad Camp is a really fun, I keep it fun, we have competitions, we have little homework, we have fireside chats. And so that's running starting August 22nd, that if you want to come and get better at your ads, then you want to come to AdCamp.
0: I will be there. I think this is fantastic. With everything that you've talked about today, to be able to take that learning to a whole new level is just fantastic. Adrian. we've chatted about a ton of stuff today. What is one thing that you want to leave our listeners with in regards to Facebook ads?
1: Well, we talked a little bit about budget and I want to go back and address that because there is a very common misconception that people have that if they don't have a huge budget, they shouldn't even bother. Mm -hmm. And I just think that's just not true. When I first started running ads, I would take a portion of the you know, revenue I made from each sale, and I would put it aside and I would run ads. And when I ran out of that money, I'd turn them off. And then when I made more sales, I'd run them again. And I think it's important to just start with what you have, start where you're at. Starting and doing it is more important than waiting till you have this huge budget. If you have a lead magnet or a webinar or something that you know that you've done organically and it has worked, then it's a really good idea to start stepping into Facebook ads so that you can add more fuel to the fire there.
0: Love it so much. Adrian. thanks so much for chatting with us today. And of course, if you want to get involved in Ad Camp, which I believe is a free challenge that you're running. It's free. Yep. Mm-hmm. We didn't cover off that it was free. Yes, it is free. <laughs> Head over to influencebydesignpodcast.com. And in the show notes, there will be link straight there to sign up. Of course, it'll be in the show notes. Adrian, thank you so much for chatting us today. It's been such a pleasure. Thank you for having me.